0: Welcome to Rise and Thrive, the podcast where we explore how to meet all the moments of our lives the good, the bad, the challenging. I'm Erin Warhol, and I'm here with Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Erin. Hey, Mary. Well, Mary, today we're talking about the promise of this show, Rise and Thrive, why we created it, and what we intend to offer you, our listeners what you can count on getting from these conversations. Mm -hmm.
1: I think you can count on getting some lighthearted, meaty thoughts. Excellent. It's kind of the paradox of lighthearted and substantial (laughs) thoughts about the challenges of our life path. Our life paths, yeah. Well,
0: we're creating this show because life can be challenging. And at some point, most people face issues or situations, and they they wonder, how am I ever going to get through this? Perhaps you've even doubted whether you had the courage or the ability
1: to make your way forward. And yet you did. That's right. Somehow you did. And in retrospect, some of our worst stories become our best stories. But it's usually because we found uh, a tool, a way, an attitude, a, a helping principle that got us through it in better form than we could have imagined.
0: Yeah, and that is the essence of what this show is about, how you access the hidden power we all have to face adversity or the unexpected, and how to rise and meet the challenge of these moments in our lives. Mm -hmm. When we do that lovingly and repeatedly, we actually build our internal muscles and hone our skills, and we find we
1: are able to thrive no matter what life seems to throw our way. And we like how we look and feel, yeah we, like, we like walking around like a master in training instead of a victim,
0: yeah, you know we 're constantly called to face our difficulties, crazy things in life, and painful stuff, big and small, mostly unexpected and unwanted and mary, i think let 's not forget about the really
1: annoying and disappointing yeah. people around us
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly, but I think what you have discovered is that the trick with dealing with negative emotions and crappy feelings like sadness, disappointment, resentment, is that you have to face it, and then we find our way back to a sense of peace and joy so that we can thrive once again. Mm -hmm. So that's what our show is all about. Our show is
1: sharing stories and tools that help you figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. Kind of the uh, hidden uh, in plain sight ideas around emotional health. We're interested in, well, what is emotional health, and how do you find it, how do you stay there, more or less, and what are some of the universal spiritual practices that keep us tuned up, like a a well-strung guitar or violin, where we can really play our song with some class and some style? Excellent. You have faced uh, your share of difficulties and
0: crazy moments in life, but you met good people along the way, and you discovered some powerful tools that have helped you meet these moments and restore a sense of peace and joy in your life. And really, this is what your life's
1: work has been all about. It became my life path, and I was looking for a life path. I was looking for how do I um, be of use in this world, and how do I become who I really know I am inside Inside, I know I'm strong and bright and wise. And outside, I'm kind of stumbling along and I've got these old issues hanging around and I'm shy and full of fear and and troubles. And how do I become my best self? And I was uh, really praying about that discovery. How do I become my best self and how do I serve uh, the world and help other people become their best selves? And that's when I met my teacher back when I was 32.
0: Yeah. Talk more about that because your story really is, this is, you you know about this stuff because you've lived this stuff. So this is really like, you aren't just saying, hey, try this. You've walked <laughs> I this have been path. living
1: it for 30 years now. Yeah. And um, it's, it was such a blessing for me that I found a mentor and a role model who was very much like the version of me I wanted to become. We oh, even had the same birthday. We had a lot of <laughs> similar things in our personalities, except for she was 45 years older than me and had uh, really polished herself and honed her uh, the facets of the jewel of who she was. Mm-hmm. And she had so much wisdom and so many tools, having been a therapist for 45 years, too. But so, what were you like when you met her? Oh, it so was... wasn't pretty. Yeah, talk about that a little. Pretty, bit. Well, as I said, I I could feel this bright self inside me that was eager to come forth, mm-hmm. and I I was uh, really kind of bashed up from my journey uh, in an alcoholic home, the oldest of eight children in an alcoholic home, um, having as numbers of traumas and abuses and random difficult tragic losses mm-hmm. and disappointments so i i was often depressed i was often angry i was often scared and shy and held back. I kind of picture myself back then as sort of sulking and skulking around, you know.
0: (laughs) So this was when you were in your 20s and into your
1: 30s. Yeah. And so at the moment that I was ready to turn a corner, I was 32. And I was really ready to, uh, you know, I was was happily raising a small child at that time, but I was really ready to find some of my worldly work, whatever that was. And uh, so I was really reaching out for that. And And I met Edith, who was teaching people how to forgive. Mm. She was teaching people her recipe, her eight-step method, her ABCD, here's how you get over things, thing. And I went to her workshop for some other reason, some other teacher was there and discovered her, discovered this, started my own healing journey and felt like a million dollars every time I did forgiveness of something old and difficult. I felt lighter, I felt stronger, I felt more like my real self, and I got real excited about it. I got real enthused about it. So then I, um, after practicing on my own for two years, I approached Edith and said, I, I really wanted to take this work Into the world too. Mm. I want to. I want to be a teacher of this work, and so we. She she groomed me. She grew me up a bit, and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we began to teach side by side. And then I began to innovate, and she began to to appreciate what I was doing with the work. Yeah. So in the end, her she passed this amazing body of work to me which I'm passing to you and others and our listeners listeners (laughs) and and to you specifically in the self-mastery program where I'm with people for a whole year and in the public uh, forgiveness workshops where people come for a weekend and they take care of something.
0: Yeah and so this really is about helping people learn how to navigate life's ups and downs and it's about learning how to face into emotional pain that come along with just life. I mean, life it, people go through all sorts of things in life that are hard to deal with and and sometimes we seem to deal with them better than others. Mm-hmm. And I think what when I met you Mary, it was like, "Oh, you mean there's a way to handle all this all this emotional pain and these negative feelings and, the, and you know, the Besides stuff.
1: drinking an extra glass of wine at night, besides <laughs> yeah. beating your dog, yes, you there's know, a, yeah. <laughs> just better ways.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it's, I'll, I'll take you back a little bit. I had had, um, I think early on in my life, for whatever reason, I developed a way, if I had emotional pain. I was really good at sort of distancing myself from it, or denying it, or just sort of deep sixing it and mm-hmm. you know, freezing was, it away in the yeah. locker. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so stuff would happen; it would be painful, but I had this sort of way of just like detaching from it, and that worked until it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about uh, it was about ten years ago or so that um, I had I was in a stressful job. I had recently gotten divorced, I had little kids, and I had a terrible problem with anxiety and I just i mean it was just I was a mess and um it it surprised me you know but it swamped it sounds me.
1: embarrassing too
0: it was it was it was not fun, and it was like, okay, how do I deal with this? How do I get over it and you know I started down the path with that of going to counseling and um, reading spirituality books, and I I went and signed up for a, a big meditation class, and you know, the and Oprah
1: was still on in those Oprah days, so on, you never missed God, Oprah was on, never missed days. Oprah. She always <laughs> yeah, has something yeah. to help.
0: And I remember the meditation instructor, you know, saying to me, "He's like, you know, you didn't get this way overnight. You're not going to solve this problem overnight." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, so that's true. I've got to really work at this." And I was diligent and worked at it, and and got better with my anxiety. But it was about three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, that I found my way into one of your workshops.
1: And And the lights went on. The lights went on. And the hallelujah chorus started playing in your (laughs) mind. (laughs) Yeah, and it
0: really was when you started talking about that, you know, when you have emotional hurt and you have emotional pain, you have to tend to that. You have to process that. There is a way to heal that. You have that. to
1: consciously heal it. Yeah. And
0: I was like, oh my gosh, this is the missing piece. This is what I need. This is what I'm going to do. And then also, let me just
1: make my list to get going on this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I also was like, "And Mary, we are going to create a podcast because everybody needs this. Because
1: Mary, you're so funny <laughs> while you do this. Yeah, you <laughs> and are. Mary, you're telling telling me some good stories, and yeah. I'm really hearing your voice on radio, Mary. And you, yeah. you have a background in radio, so you yeah. had a, a way of of really seeing how how we could share some of this stuff out in the public.
0: Yeah. So I. I think, you know, that's what this show, that's how this show Rise and Thrive was born. And listening to your stories, I've learned so much. And I think it would be good for to hear right now if you could share another story, like when you really started getting into the nitty-gritty of this of healing your own life. Mm-hmm. You know, what would be what would be a a good demonstration of that?
1: Well, I think pretty early on that my biggest task in forgiveness, which is the you know principle that's holding a lot of this emotional healing stuff we're talking about is is forgiveness was to forgive my dad who was drinking until I was 15 and because he was drinking until I was 15 my my poor mother was crazy Mm -hmm. out of her mind uh, with stress and um, frustration and I wasn't protected and I wasn't taught and I wasn't helped and you know Really, kind of a daily abandonment. Yeah. And uh, this was evident because uh, everybody in my house got tense when I came home to visit. When I I went back home (laughs) to Chicago to visit my family, where a lot of my siblings still lived at home, and dad and I were in the same room, you could cut the air with a knife. Everyone could feel like, Oh God, yeah. it's Mary and dad. What's going to happen? Nothing ever happened, but my resentment was this seething kind of energy that everyone could feel and my dad could feel it. And he was a nervous wreck around me and he'd be itching and scratching and leaving the room. And, you know, it was just awkward. And so. I was the person you did not want to come home for Thanksgiving. You really <laughs> hoped, even though you invited me, that oh. I wouldn't be able to come home for Thanksgiving because, oh, my God, I have to sit at the table with Dad, and, and this isn't good. It's so hard for me to imagine that, Mary, because you're so delightful. I'm, everybody wants to be around oh, no. you now. I, not, not then, not then. <laughs> so anyway, I, I took on the task of forgiving my dad completely. He was the hardest relationship in my life. Except for my mom, yeah you know, those are the two hard real hard ones for most people, um, and I thought, you know this forgiveness stuff really works, and my dad is a sweet guy, and he is trying to have a relationship with me, and I need to clear the past, so mm. over five years, at three different points, I did a big fat forgiveness session with my teacher Edith, yeah, and after each one, it was so much better. I could go home. For instance, after the first time I forgave him for um, not being present, not being with me, okay, Mm -hmm. and I go home and I found out we both like to watch basketball on TV, Mm. and we would watch basketball on TV and just the share the space and be a little sweet with each other. And after a couple years, I realized I had this oh, this terrible piece of rage around um, a time that he was drunk and he was really inappropriate with me and it really embarrassed me and uh I forgave that and I went home after that and we were better we could take walks around the neighborhood we could talk about um um work and children and different things and then and then later I realized you know something else we're like oh he didn't protect me From this terrible thing that happened to me, like dads are supposed to like kind of know where you are and what's going on. And he didn't protect me from something awful. And I'm so mad. It's his fault. Mm -hmm. It's his fault. Yeah. You know, and I got that out of my system. And then he and I were so good. It was so sweet. Like, for instance, and he could never talk about these things. He was he really wanted to be a good dad and he couldn't help it that he was. In his cups for fifteen years because he was a uh, a vet in PTSD. Mm-hmm. He, was in World War II. he was in World War. He was in World War Two. He was at Hiroshima, for God's sake. He was, mm-hmm. you know, part of pretty intense stuff, and he was a sensitive guy. So he was never able to talk about these things. It's kind of like the uh, emotional discuss discussion me- mechanism wasn't there. Yeah. But um, but he showed me a couple times. One time I was just walking through the room, the living room. This is after he got sober? After he got sober and after I had done this forgiveness work and I was getting ready to go back to, to Minneapolis where I live. And he was sitting in his chair deep in his paper as he always was. And as I went by his chair, his hand just shot out and grabbed my hand and squeezed it really hard. And he wasn't even looking at me. Mm. He was still looking at his paper because he was embarrassed. <laughs> but he was squeezing my hand really hard, and I felt this blast of love wow. come from him. I felt this blast of unconditional love just shoot out in the space between us and bathe me from head to toe like in sparkles. And it was so nice. And then he took me to the airport. We didn't talk about anything <laughs> special. But but we were good. When he When he left this earth... My dad and I were in good form, good shape. Oh. It was just nothing but a very, very uh, uh, uncomplicated missing of him. There weren't yeah. any issues left. Wow,
0: that's really inspiring, and it—you know—that's an example of cleaning up a relationship or or figuring out how to handle a difficult relationship, which is, you know, what a lot of people struggle with. And when we're thinking about like, okay, how's my life doing? Well, if this difficult relationship wasn't so bad, maybe I would, you know, I could get this other thing done. But a, a large part of rising in our lives of kind of meeting the challenges of life has to do with other people. So a lot of what you teach and a lot of what we'll be exploring in our podcast as it moves forward are how we can find ways of having healthy, peaceful, joyful relationships with others with others. Good coexisting with those other
1: human <laughs> beings because we're all rather a dicey lot.
0: We are <laughs> you know, this this realm that you're s- you know so much about Mary, and you help so many people in workshops and in your counseling. You've helped a lot of people kind of figure out how to get their
1: lives back on track. They show up. I and love they, to do that. I know, I know. <laughs> I love it when, when they, they feel that, that uh, sense of their higher self kind of sliding in and giving them a new way and yeah. inspiration about how to go forward. Well,
0: and I think that's that 's a missing piece for a lot of people when they are sort of in the thick of it, you know in the murkiness of things not going the way they wanted, um, maybe they lost their job or maybe they got divorced or or maybe just they 've fallen short in what mm-hmm. they expected out of themselves, and you know we kind of are on our own to figure this out until we get we meet someone like you or figure this out i I had a moment. Uh, that I've told you about before, but it was when I fell and broke my ankle Mm, mm -hmm. and went into the doctor and had an X-ray. And uh, my husband, Matt, was there. And we're all looking at this X-ray and this big break. And the doctor is like, okay, there's the problem. I'm going to go in there in surgery and I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get a plate and a bunch of screws and you'll be all great again. And it really struck me because... When it comes to our emotional health, our psyche—yes, it's like there isn't like the surgeon. I mean, you're kind of a surgeon of emotional health, but it's like we don't—we we, you can't look at the X-ray. Quick fix. Yeah, you can't go. Oh, there's the problem. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Let me fix it. But um, when I've what I've learned from you as we've been exploring these tools and I've been following you around in your workshops and different things, is that we there are tools and there are ways to heal those.
1: My teacher, Edith, she was just... Oh, she was. She just always had something handy.
0: Yeah, she always,
1: you know, she. She. Some of the things that she just threw over her shoulder to me, or some of the comments that she would say, just as a, as a side, were just so brilliant. And I've kept them to this day, and and use them. There's the notion of of sub selves, sub personalities that we all have little characters inside us that are helpful or not helpful, and some of them really cause us some trouble. The inner addict. The one that makes you eat a whole bag of cookies at 11 o'clock at night, even <laughs> though your goal is to lose 15 pounds, you're eating a bag of cookies. It's because you have a sub-personality that is all about getting those cookies uh, and and things like that. So the inner child, the saboteur, the critic, we have these characters that are um, in our way at times. We need to learn how to work with them. So just generally... Getting to know yourself and getting to know what it means to be you and how to be happy as a creature that you are. What if you're an extra-sensitive person like I am, like maybe like you are? Extra-sensitive people need extra tools, a few more, uh, a few more uh, ways of being in the world and in a way where sensitivity is a gift and not a liability.
0: So these are all great tools, and it, it does take a while to learn how to use them, right? I mean, you got to pull out the right tool in the right well, situation. it's one thing at a time. You know, it's yeah. one,
1: one thing at a time. Something got you through this. Yeah. Something got you through that. And then, oh, your friend does this thing that really helps. And, and oh, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Over time, we assemble our toolbox.
0: So a lot of what we do when we come together, Mary, and what we're doing on our Rise and Thrive podcast is Sharing stories, mm-hmm. because that is how we inspire each other. That is how we, that's how I learned how to, how, how does this tool work? Wait, mm-hmm. what? what? And that's part of the path of like going, okay, I'm going to rise from whatever is, threatening to pull me down into the deep, dark
1: abyss, (laughs) and instead I'm going to thrive. And I am grateful for the chance to do some storytelling because I tell you some of the wild things that happened to me along the way. (laughs) Really, I I think God is a storyteller, and I think God appreciates a storyteller and gives her some more of the wacky, wonderful adventures uh, than (laughs) than people who aren't storytellers because we need material.
0: You need plenty. You got plenty of material. I got plenty
1: of story content because some of the things that have happened to me are much stranger than fiction
0: yeah well before we before we close this out I just want to say that it's it's been such a joy for me to meet you those three and a half years ago and to kind of listen to you share what you know and then apply it in my life and have my life get more on track and feel like I'm able to thrive we We just had a situation this week where, sadly, in my family, we had to say goodbye to our dog Mm -hmm. that we'd had for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Charlie came into our lives. He actually came, I got him when I was on medical leave for my anxiety problem. Oh, he so was a companion he was, through the darkness. He, he was there, and it was kind of funny because uh, he sat on the couch with us. He sat on the couch with me, and he sat on the couch with my kids. And my parents came from Michigan to visit, and my dad's like,
1: Get the dog off the couch. You and I'm like, like Oh no! No, this is where he sits. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a couch sitting dog. <laughs> You're just gl- lucky he doesn't have a tweed smoking jacket on.
0: <laughs> well, he was good, and he 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 was a great loyal companion. You know, for 11 years and many times, if one of the children had a bad day, they would go sit on the couch next mm. to Charlie, and mm-hmm. he would help them just sort of be at peace in the moment. And it was really great. And so, you know, we knew that we were getting close to his final chapter and because I've been working with you, Mary, and I've been learning from you, I, I really have a much greater appreciation for creating space for, for our emotions and for what we go through for grieving for grieving. Yeah. And so it, it was, it was hard and it was sad, but it was good in that we were all there my husband, Matt, took the day off from work, and the kids were
1: home, and we just were with each other. And I, I felt- was impressed that your son was emotionally literate enough to say where are the brownies? I want to eat my feelings, <laughs> yes, which is, that. it's great. I mean, that that a young man would know that actually that's, you know, I'm eating my feelings. Actually, yeah. I probably should be feeling my feelings not eating a whole bag of brownies. Well,
0: we were talking about feelings mm-hmm. and we were also letting everybody have their feelings in their own way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it felt, I felt like, okay, my life is thriving more than it was in the past when you know stuff would happen, and it would just be like, "Oh my gosh, we're off the rails,, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna you. be
1: depressed, oh, yeah, you are so welcome, yeah, and you have been a wonderful, shiny, <laughs> earnest, and mighty companion for me um in uh helping me with my workshops and well, building space and and um Creating the show together, so
0: yeah. So we're really excited to be doing this. We're really excited to have you, our listener, along with us. All of our listeners, we uh, know that you're going to learn things that you love and that will help you in your life. And so, I would just like to say that if if you're liking what you're hearing, uh, tell your friends about us and. You can also join the conversation if you go to our website, which you can find at riseandthriveshow.com. You can connect with us there, and there are other ways to get involved. Tell us one of your stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We want to hear that. We want to hear what, what you're going through, what's difficult, what's crazy, what what, what those worked, moments are all about. What
1: lifted you up, those those magic moments that can help each other out.
0: Yeah. So, and please, you know, go and leave us a rating and a review at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It will
1: help others discover us.
0: So, thank you very much. Thank you to Daniel Zamzow, who is our sound engineer. We appreciate you very much. And if you would like to send uh, an email to Mary or I, you could send one to Aaron at Rise and or Mary at Rise and So, thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next time.